Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be exceedingly glad. from Coolidge, Arizona. We are pleased to be uh, back on the air during the broadcast this morning on um, August the 13th, 2023, and we are endeavoring to um, study the first letter to the Thessalonian Assembly that was written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, in about 51-52 A.D., very early letter uh, of the New Testament writings. Besides that, I have made emphasis every uh, the last two episodes, and now we're in the third, that the first chapter of this letter is really has a lot of meat within it. Uh, it has the pretty much the if you an outline if you will of what is to come within this uh this teaching this letter that is a heartfelt encouraging letter from the apostles to or from the apostle Paul and those with him 
Silas and Timothy, workers within the apostolic ministry, to those in in the uh, assembly in Thessalonica, to both encourage, uh, thank them, and show them uh, that the love of of God's word certainly is uh, and has benefited them greatly uh, along with many others. And that's just one point. <clears throat> but we have been looking through, we have finished up with the first six verses of this first chapter, making numerous discoveries. And if you missed these lessons, you can find them recorded on uh, TalkShoe in the previous weeks. We're going to pick it up in verse 7 through 9 of chapter 1 of the uh, First Thessalonians. Verses 7 through 9, and this is what it says. We're, we're reading from the Young's Literal Translation, which is a wonderful uh, translation of the Scriptures. And it says this, So that you became patterns to all those believing in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you have sounded forth the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith towards God did go forth, so that we have no need to say anything. For they themselves concerning us do declare what entrance we had unto you, and how you did turn unto God from the idols to serve a living and true God. All right. Well, this is quite an encouraging statement, I imagine, if the letter would have arrived and you were part of that assembly, you would have felt overjoyed about the context and, and how the apostle sees your work. These brethren had become an example to other assemblies. Now, that's saying a lot. And the phrase that uh, Young uses here is that sounding out their faith. In other words, they were speaking well of the gospel of Christ. They were announcing it. They were not ashamed of it in any way. Um, and, of course, this is to their... Um, to their, the example that they're setting, that others would have, this is a, a way to embolden others to do just the same thing. And so it has, a, it has a double effect, if you will. And they were talking about the faith in Christ and, of course, showing their own personal faith. This is a... Um, this is quite a statement. It's it's rather, it encompasses a lot of things, a lot of different people all at one time. The other assemblies in every place, you know, that, that there is an assembly. They were, they were hearing about the work there in Thessalonica at the assembly. 
And the Apostle Paul was hearing others talk about them. So I just think this is quite a quite a statement um, to the point where he says he has nothing else to say regarding it. <laughs> uh, they don't have to say anything because the 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 sounding out of of their work is is there amongst those people. And I think that's what every assembly wants to do. They want to sound out, sound forth the the word of the Lord, the truth, in a way that will be beneficial. Um, and you know, the idea behind this, we're going to learn when we read on, there's a concept here of the apostolic word, the apostolic teaching. It was never taught to please men. It was taught to be pleasing to God, of course, because of the truth that it said. And these people were doing the same thing. They knew that by sounding out the faith in Jesus, that they would put themselves in a in the bullseye, if you will, of many, especially the Judaizers of that day um, and other enemies of the gospel of which there were there were many nonetheless the truth was winning out and in thinking about that we only have to think about today the word of god is still amongst the people the faith uh the faith is still present in the world um, hardly anyone has an excuse for not knowing about it and being able to explore it and study it. So I think all that's important. It's, uh, um, I guess it should cause everyone to be a little bit more outgoing in their, in their talking and their speaking concerning their faith when we have opportunity. Um, if we... Not having a proper opportunity sometimes can be a, a problem in itself. Uh, and doing something out of some sort of uh, context where it, this seems to be uh, inappropriate doesn't help, and it is, certainly isn't convincing. But that was not what we're talking about here. Now... We're going to have to spend a lot of time in verse 10 because this this, uh, chapter, you know, it's interesting that the people that made verses and chapters would bring the first first chapter to a conclusion here at this point. But, you know, it's just very understandable as far as as how we read things in this. This is, all of this was a point. And then from... From the end of this chapter, it moves on into other things and more expressive, more expressive talking about all the things that we've been looking at already. That's what we'll get into a bit later. But we need to look at chapter or uh, verse ten in chapter one, the very last verse, because this is where Christendom has great division. Uh, from, I think, the true 
faith in Jesus Christ. Because Christendom is not recognizing this verse as being true. And they're not taking it in, in, in a way uh, that the uh, everything intends there. And with the, all the other verses we find in Scripture that we'll look at that really make this a point to be reckoned with. We need to, to not just gloss over this, as I have myself many years ago, many times. Because, you know, I can futurize this verse all I want in my mind. Um, and because of that, because of our baggies that we carry, it's very, uh, it's very easy for us to simply put a different uh, context into what is being said. But I think from what we have just read here in this first chapter, now we read this statement, which is just part of the sentence, part of the, the, the talking and the letter writing that Paul is doing. Because let's just um, read verse 9 and 10 together, and you'll see how they, they flow together. For they themselves concerning us do declare what entrance we had unto you, and how you did turn into unto God from the idols to serve a living and true God, and to wait or await for his Son out of the heavens, whom he did raise out of the dead, Jesus, who is rescuing us from the anger that is coming. I notice that Young's has made some uh, some uh, good definitions uh, of, of the Greek words. For one thing, the, the word rescuing uh, is appropriate that we'll find. Um, And to wait, um, you see, when the Apostle Paul was with them, after they were converted, after they had obeyed the gospel and had become Christians, after they had been born out of heaven by the, by the pattern that God had set forth through his son Jesus Christ, to be forgiven of their sins and born and become a new creation in Christ, after all of that, he was still teaching them of, of the things of, of, the, of the assembly, the things of the church, if you will, the things that Christ had taught, those things for the church, the establishment, the order of, and on and on. He also was teaching them that they were to wait and this word wait has some very important points in the Greek. They were to wait. Now, there's an obvious thing here. If he's telling, if he's expressing to them that they should wait, does that imply anything to you? I really do believe it does. It 
you know, how long were they, were they to wait? Well, some would say that they're still waiting. But you see, they're not waiting. They're, they, these people are not with us today. So they were to wait for his son that would come out of the heavens, as Scripture talks about in other places. Now, um, here's the point, friends, that we need to understand first. The Christian world, or as it's known as Christendom in large part, not all parts, but in large part, the view of of uh, Christendom in the world today is that they're still waiting. That this has not happened yet. Okay? It has not happened yet. And why, friends? Why do they believe that it has not happened yet? Well, there's one reason. They only have one and that's all they feel they need. Because no one has seen it happen. That's their... That's their word. But you see, friends, they can't, they can't make that statement and really get away with it. <laughs> what is the Bible view? The Bible view would mean that how does the Bible, in its fullness, the oracles of God, both the writings of the Old Testament and the New, how does the Scriptures deal with this event, this waiting. The Bible view is that it is soon to be, or about to be in many verses that we'll look at today, some verses, which, which in, in uses uh, that the Greek word mellow that has nearly disappeared from the Greek language, apparently, according to our translations. But friends, it's still there. And it still means the same thing. It hasn't changed. It's just that in our, uh, speaking only for English versions, most of them do not use it, okay, where it, it should be used in a proper way. Some There are some good translations that do a pretty good job of it. The Bible view is that it is to be soon, about to be. And... That, I think, is is very important. Now, be, be, go, go yeah, ahead. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I got an interesting note here on this this word for, for wait. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's made up of, of the word the word wait is in there, but it's also prefaced by and a preposition up. And right. according to, uh, this is the Helps Word Studies, which is on the Bible Hub Interlinear. It's a part of the mm-hmm. whole it's just online, free to use, but it, uh, the, the writer here uh, says that uh, it, it completes a process. Uh, it intensifies this word for wait and or remain. It says wait earnestly, actively for what is hoped for in the context yeah. here. So it's a, it's a much stronger word than just abide and stay. And, and that's the point. You've made it now. That that's a reference that I'm not even using here. But the other two that I have say ver- virtually the same thing. The idea is, you're right. Um, in, in the old English, the word is it, await, mm-hmm. uh, 
which may or may not have any significance. But um, in Spiro Zodiatus uh, Greek Dictionary, we find, of course, it's in the future tense. But await means to expect. Okay, so it's they that received the letter. They were to expect this. Now, do you see any anything coming a little closer to a conclusion about what this means to them? If they were to expect it. Well, so so what you're saying, in essence, is that the apostle was telling these people to wait for something that, according to Christianity now, they never saw. That's that's it. So, so Christendom today is dismissing this. So we call Paul in the lie then. And here's the other thing. Paul, Paul, or the Spirit of Truth. Here's what Paul. we yeah we need to understand something about this. The theologians of today they know what this word means. Don't think they don't. They know what it means. They know it means to expect. They know that it means according to Zodiatus. It's an emphatic term of expectation. And they are to wait and remain, okay? Him. And, of course, he is qualified. His son, God's son, from or out of the heavens, whom he did raise out of the dead, Jesus. You see, there's nobody else involved here. It has to be Jesus of Nazareth the Messiah. And they are awaiting him, expecting it emphatically, uh, emotionally put, if you will. Who is rescuing, I don't know what what our normal uh, scripture says there. Yeah, Other people yeah, use that word as well. Um, which word? Rescuing. rescuing yeah. uh, I believe the King James has delivered. Delivered, yeah. Del- it's usually delivered in most our English texts. But really, the word here, delivered, is the word rescue in the Greek. That's what it means. Yeah, uh, we were talking about this word the other day, and this is this is that word that means to 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 draw for oneself. That's why we're yeah, that's why we're dealing with uh, the we, grammar there, which we see applied to the apostles all over the place. Right. Because this, we can't remove, we can't forget who the S is here. Because it's in the middle, it's in the middle voice. That, that's how that, that is dealing, being dealt with here. But you see, and it even says it's in the middle voice. Uh, there's no question about that. The theologians today understand what that means. It's Jesus, the, it's a participle. It's Jesus, the delivering one. That's right. The rescuing. Jesus is the rescuing one, just as... He said he would be, by the way, from the Gospels. And we'll see that too as we read a couple of other verses. But here, Jesus, who is rescuing... Now here's where we have an issue. Even amongst people that are uh, much closer to the truth than the normal uh, doctrines of Christendom. The word us here. What are we going to do with that word? 
You see, we talked about this in the very first lesson on this chapter. These pronouns are very important. And now, if they have no meaning, or if we can simply use whatever baggage we want on the us, if us isn't the us the world, you know, if we want to look at it that way, us is the world, but not from a personal letter from from people that that are are the us the usins as we have been has been uh, defined personal pronoun first person not second person and not third person what are we going to do with the us we have to deal with it uh, in a way that by the way <laughs> the rest of the scripture teaches that this rescuing of the apostles is, in fact, a real point. Now, and, and actually, it goes on. We, we know what it means, and we're going to look at some, some verses on it. So we've dealt with the word await. We've dealt with the word us. Um, now, I don't know which way to go here first. I guess because we're we're seeing here the issue of the apostles being um, separated out in a way, and we'll find later on we'll find in other scriptures and other letters that there's a, a a difference between the the living apostles at the time of the parousia. You see the the. His son coming out of the heavens is is the parousia. That's the event. It's not the word coming because that's a that's a verb and that's used. And there's a different Greek word for that. It's it's a noun. It's an event. That's what they're talking about here. The event out of heaven of Jesus. Now, are we still locked in the thing? Yes, but no one has seen that happen. There's nothing written about it. All right, then let's start looking at a couple of verses concerning this. Let's start with um, let's start with Luke 17 verse 20. This is Jesus speaking, of course. And the Pharisees have asked him a question. And having been asked by the Pharisees, when is the kingdom of God coming? Now that's good grammar there. They're looking for a time frame. Okay? They're, they're not going to get it, uh, though, in, the, in his answer. Not the time frame. But the reality of it, he's going to reveal to them. And he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Uh-oh. Now we got an issue. We're not dealing with observation. Now here, let me show you why that 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 is that is true. Well, let's read verse twenty-one. It goes with it because it's talking about uh, where the kingdom of God truly is. Nor 
shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold the kingdom of God. It is, it is in the midst of you. They were, Jesus was teaching them the absolute truth concerning the kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God is when God is coming to live with his people. That's the difference between the new covenant and the old covenant. That's why the kingdom of God came in maturity and full growth at the end of the Old Covenant. And we know that those days are also known as the Prussia, also known as, as the fall of Jerusalem, other phrases, A.D. 66 uh, to, through 70. That's the time period. And Jesus gives lots of illustrations about what time this will be in other places. But he can't reveal everything all at once to everybody at one, at one time over and over and over again. Sure. He's got a, he's, he is teaching that there's a pattern in it. Now let's look at Matthew 24. Just one verse out of there. Yeah. And I'll tell you why we don't have to, we don't have to fall down and say, you got me, to those that say, no one's seen this yet. Now remember the, the, the word see in the Greek has 13 various definitions. Now that's going to give us a lot of heartburn in our English language. Not unless there's some other words with it so we can understand what's meant by it. Okay, And we, have, we do that in certain ways. Matthew 24:30 we read this. Jesus said to the apostles, he was speaking to them and them only at this time. And then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the land lament and they shall see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now what's so interesting here, and some would say immediately, well look, they're going to see it. They're going to see this happen. But friends, we know that, that this word see is not that word in the Greek. This word is a much a much stronger word than just see with your eyes. And, and really, it, uh, it, its meaning is to, to know, to fully know and understand an event, the, the remarkable truths of it, and have an understanding of what is occurring but not seen with the eyes. It's not vision. It's, it's like the idea of uh, uh, faith, or the idea of faith. Seeing is, uh, is an issue. We, our faith is not sight. Yeah. That's what the word I'm trying to get out. Faith is not sight. 
God can reveal things to us without using our vision in our eyes. This is the parousia. This is an event that happened that even though there were people there at the very time when this was happening, of course, no one was in every place where 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 things were uh, being accomplished. Uh, this is not something they see with their eyes. And they had a lot of things to look at because there was tribulation in Jerusalem and the surrounding area of un- unbelievable uh, size and scope. By the way, it's important to note, I mean, in our Bible program here, it doesn't explain that concept of perception. It's yeah. just see. It's just appear. It's that's yeah. why we have to we have to go to as many sources as yeah. we can. Well, I'm going to um, Bollinger's and and the other source I have, which is the um, English Greek Dictionary, um, where we get the ill. Like I said, there's uh, how many? Thirteen various <laughs> uh, definitions. This is one that does not use the eyes for sight. And we, we know what that means. We have an expression ourselves, oh, now I see. That's right. So you have an understanding apart from your vision. So this isn't, so, this isn't a miracle here. This is really absolutely true. So the explanation of the futurist that no one has seen it does not hold any water. I'm sorry. You know, this... This teaching is a lot easier to understand when you've already come to grips with the fact that Jesus came for the Jews and was with the Jews and only spoke to the Jews and his mission was Israel. And and it's far easier to understand what he's speaking about if you wrap your head around that than going wide zoom on this and looking at everything, including ourselves now. That's right. And this is a difficult aspect to understand. How many people in Christianity don't know that? Yeah. Too many. But... And it's the reason why we have an issue with apostolic authority in the church. But it's just as J.S. Russell said in his book, The key has been hanging on the door ever since it was put there. Ever since the word was written, the key was there to understand what was written. But you have to use the word, not some concept that we have. Um, You know, like the the idea that we use in, in America, especially, is many people say seeing is believing. But you see, really, in reality, believing is seeing. That's the real truth of it. Amen. So these things we just have to come to grips with. Is it easy? No. Do you need some evidence? Well, yes. But you have it through Scripture. Yes. You have it in the Scripture. This isn't just somebody's idea. Okay? There are some other evidences. You'd like to go back to the scene. There definitely are some evidences, physical evidences. There are, and and one of the best, the only writing, really, that we have, 
that's authoritary uh, has any authority whatsoever uh, in a secular form is Josephus. Josephus. And he makes a comment, one of the comments, he makes a number of comments, but he makes a comment that the the turmoil in Jerusalem was of a nature that had never been or never will be again. And that is and that's exactly the, now, the prophecy did, that Christ gave. Yeah. Now where did he get that thought? You see, yeah. that's him seeing Amen. what truly is happening. He was a Jewish man. Yeah. And he, this is the the if you will, it's it's not an observation. It's a it's a mental uh, account uh, of what's happening there at that time. Um, that's what what it truly is. Now, that's just one thing. Now, I think we need to look at a couple of other things. I, I said something else here that I need to back up. Because the Bible view is is that this is soon to be. That the parousia is at hand. As this verse says, as this verse implies, I'm not going to say it says it, it implies that. It implies that this is, um, this is something that will happen within their lifetime. Just as Jesus said, that his return would, would be some of those standing around him at that time would see that time. Now, I don't know why that that verse is not uh, one that would simply settle the whole thing, but it doesn't. It doesn't because they try to take what he said out of context and to futurize it. Uh, I don't know how you futurize people standing in front of Jesus and, and being said that they will see it. I don't know how you do that, but they've done it. They've tried to, at least. I've, I've even heard them try to twist it, twist that into uh, uh, the people would see him transfigured when we already know who saw him transfigured. Yeah. Right. That's right. That that's because that follows immediately after that in the scripture. Now, the other thing is, the futurists say no one has seen it, so it hasn't happened yet. We know they're wrong. Because scripture is pretty clear. But here's the point, and here's how they go further. They will admit, and they will write in their in their commentaries, that it appears to, it appears to be, that Jesus, or well, the first they use the apostles, that the apostles of Christ were 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 believing and teaching that Jesus' return is was imminent. And that they said that, and even Jesus said it, but it was wrong. That's what they, they have the tenacity to say. Now, that I guess at that time you simply close your Bible and go your own way. That's right. If that's the truth. But you said, that's not the truth. It's just because they have no uh, ammunition on their side of the argument that they will make a statement such as that, which, friends, boggles my imagination. I cannot understand how anybody could make that statement and stand behind it. 
Jesus never said anything that was wrong or were in error. And who were the apostles? They taught with the mind of Christ. They were told that when they encountered someone and they were questioned that don't worry about what you will say, I will give you the words to say. Are we forgetting this? There's no error that comes out of heaven. Even when men speak for God, there's no error there. That is truth. And so we have to contend with, it brings us back to who the us is again. Because if we stumble there, the rest of it has no real meaning. It simply, it simply clouds the issue and, and we don't know what's, what's happening next. But we're going to find out. Um, talking about that word mellow, in, uh, Ed Stevens wrote a, a wonderful book. It's called Final Decade. Um, Final Decade be- Before the End. That is the end of the First Covenant. The final decade before that. And within it he has lots of things. Um, that uh, speaking of the word mellow, just a couple of illustrations. Um, in Acts 17:31, where Paul is preaching to the Areopagus in in, uh, in Athens, he says this to them: "Because he, that is God, has fixed a day in which he is about to judge the world in righteousness through a man." whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. You go to your Bible and see if you can find the about to judge comment. The word that is usually put in there is uh, the word will, will or going to. You see, that, that can be run into the future, far, far future. But the idea of about to judge, that gives some some very uh, uh, a very close tie to th- those that were hearing Paul speak. He's saying within a short amount of time this was going to occur, and it did. And then if we look, um, we look in a, a couple other places. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21, talking about the kingdom. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one about to come. Do you know that Christendom is still waiting for the, the kingdom of God to come in large part? tell you all about how the kingdom is here but not the real one yeah their kingdom is here but the kingdom of God is what's being spoken about here the denominations are here Christendom in in all of its stripes is here and they have made a kingdom unto themselves that is here there's no question about it but that's not what we're talking about 
So you see how it is. We can't ignore the word mellow. The translators can ignore it and put the word will in there or put a word in that doesn't completely cancel it out but but gives it an open-ended look. But about to be is a statement that we all know what that means. We would, if somebody comes up and speaks to us about something they're going to do, that they're about to do for us, do we think it's going to happen maybe 10 years or 20 years later? Or 2,000. Or 2,000 in, in the case we have today. We can't, we can't deal with it. Also, in, in that same book, there's so much, um, as I said, what does Jesus say to to the people, what they would see and hear and experience at his return. And in Matthew 16, 28, that I mentioned before, some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his glory, apparently, coming in his reign. See the Son of Man coming in his reign. Here the word coming is, is appropriate. It is the uh, it isn't the word parousia, because it is a, speaking of a, a movement, if you will, in his reign. And um, we read the one from uh, Matthew 24. Um, let's see. The apostles were saying the same thing. Um, in First Thessalonians 4, that we'll be looking at, 16 through 17. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then... We who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And we're going to find, of course, when we get to that, that the we is first person plural once again. But the dead in Christ, you see there, at, at the parousia, the dead in Christ will be raised before the we are caught up into heaven. And I know that uh, there aren't many of us out on that limb that would say that this is in reference to the apostles. But friends, I'm afraid, um, I'm afraid that it is. As a matter of fact, if we look at, if we look at, um, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51 through 53. Jesus speaking to the church in Corinth on the same topic as he will, as he will be uh, teaching in chapter 4 of, to the Thessalonians. And Paul says, Lo, I tell you a secret. Boy, it's a secret, and it's still a secret today, apparently except that it's been revealed, it shouldn't be a secret. He's telling the secret. That's what the apostles did. 
they knew the secret things of God that was to be revealed unto the brethren. We indeed shall not all sleep. We, first person plural, and we all shall be changed, first person plural, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in the last trump, for it shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we, we, shall be changed. What's, who is he talking about? Who is the we and, and the dead in Christ? Are they different people? Well, they are, aren't they? But you see, if the we is everyone, then, friends, when somebody says it hasn't happened yet, well, they'd be right <laughs> in that case. Because that didn't happen. The we, in other words, every everyone raised. Uh, and, and then every Christian. You see, some people, they want to say the we is all the living Christians will also be changed. I disagree. Because if the we is first person plural here and all the other places, we cannot change it just because we would like it to be that way. They want to say that every Christian dead and alive was taken to heaven at that moment. And what would that leave here on earth? I don't know. It would leave some pretty good writings. But would there be anybody that had any use for it? Doesn't it violate what Jesus said about his church? The gates of hell will never. In other words, it will always be present. Wouldn't this be the, the unpresence of the, of the assembly? The unpresence of the church of Christ? Of course it would be. They'd be gone. And the, and the theologians are telling us that, oh, it was another... 30 or 40 years before some of the apostolic fathers started to write about things of Christianity. Well, I'll agree the apostles were all gone at the Perusia, but all the writings had been accomplished, and the living Christians, the living Christians, I believe, I believe, were still present. Those that survived the the issues of of the Roman army and and the and the warring Jews and all the things the carnage, they were still present. As were the ones in Asia, Asia Minor, and and right other places where letters and stuff were directed. Remember, we're talking about a time here, and in, in Colossians you'll you'll find it. We're talking about a time where the Apostle Paul from uh, A.D. 60, 61, the Apostle Paul writes that the gospel has been preached unto all the world, all the habitable world. That's why these events have to be just what they are. And I know this is a this is a, can be a bitter pill, but it really does not take anything away from your promise in Christ at this moment, or a year ago, or a hundred or two hundred years ago, for those that were that are in Christ, that have, have died in Christ, you have access to him, you will meet him face to face. 
see, that's, I heard, I watched a video here uh, of listening to a person talking about, you know, First, first Thessalonians 4. Yeah. And his point was that, I'm sorry to tell you, but when you die, you don't go to heaven. Because these things have not taken place yet. You, you so see, you see, that's where the soul sleeping. He he's he's on the right track, but he's on the wrong side of it. He's going right. the wrong way. And it, so you see what that does for your for our hope today. You want to hurt our hope for today? Mm-hmm. That that's right, and Alex. You you made the point, and you know the the Jews had the uh, the abode of the dead. It was called Hades. The, the, the Hades is gone. There is no more Hades. There's no abode of the dead. There are no dead waiting anywhere at any time. That All of that was, was taken care of. The righteous and the unrighteous were, were, uh, were blessed and judged and, and all occurred at the time of the Parousia. None of that exists. Now we stand... And, and we might get into that, the Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 9, the, the last verse, yeah. where it talks about that. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll bring that up. Um, read it for yourself. Read the ninth chapter of Hebrews in preparation because uh, it talks about the second time. Um, it says, So also the Christ, once having been offered to bear the sins of many, a second time... In other words, this is his parousia, apart from a sin offering, shall appear to those waiting for him unto salvation. Now, we have to leave you today. We're out of time, but we don't want to be out of time. But we have to depart at this time, and we pray that you'll join us again because we're not done with this 10th verse. We need to finish it and get it established so we can move on in this just as the Apostle Paul wanted to move on in his letter. So we want to move on also. We pray you have a blessed week and as you are busy about your task for God, through his Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.